want to thank you for being here today. Sally and I both want to thank you for being here today. She and the kids are downstairs. Abby's up here uh, with me. I want to thank you for being here, and I want to thank you for tuning in online. I know that many of us are tuning in online this morning. I want to thank you. I want you to know that it means a lot to me personally that you're here and, uh, and that we can share these moments together. Like Jim said, this is my final farewell sermon at East Parkway church, and uh, I shared this in the preview video this week. I've felt the weight of that this week. This has been a different kind of week for me. I think it's good to feel the weight of it, to appreciate the moment, to stop and allow all that God intends to bring to us in these moments and to not run from it or try to hide it in any way. I knew this day was coming. You're right. Anytime you start something, you know the end is coming eventually. I knew this day was coming. Try to prepare for it. You imagine it. You role play it. And here it is. How does one say goodbye? That's the question I've been mulling. How to say goodbye to the place and people with whom I've shared the, the past 20 plus years. Forty-eight years old. Today is July 5th, of course. As Jim said, my official start date here was February 1st of 2000. So this means that over two-thirds of my adult life have been spent here with you. How does one say goodbye? Particularly in circumstances like these when terms like face masks and social distancing and COVID-19 have dramatically affected how we interact with one another. Though united in spirit, our church, our congregation today, this morning, is nonetheless separated and scattered. Some are here, some are at home. So how do you say goodbye when I cannot see each of your faces, I cannot look into each of your eyes, and even though the faces I do see, three-quarters of them are covered. How do we say goodbye when I can't share a hug or a meal or even a song? Nowhere in my role-playing over the years did I ever envision a scenario like this. None of us could have foreseen these things, so what do we do? Like life itself, we just have to move forward by faith in God. We must trust the Lord today. In fact, in church, I really want you to hear this. I sincerely believe God desires to meet us this morning and minister to us and among us in very meaningful ways. This, listen to me, this is not a time to lament what isn't. It's a time to rejoice in what is. I thought a lot about... I thought a lot about which scripture I'd want to speak from today. And in the end, I, I believe God led me to Philippians 1. You can turn there if you'd like. Because I believe in this chapter, the Apostle Paul captures the essence 
of what I'd like to say to you this morning. Today may not be as exegetical or expositional as is typical, but it has been prayerful and it's personal. And it's true to the scripture. It's more of a message from me to you through the medium of God's word to us. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. It begins in verse 3. To remember is to look back. It's, it's allowing what was to inform what is. So for us today, it's a bit of a stroll down memory lane. Sally and I began attending the church over 22 years ago, late 1998, back when it was called Sierra Hills Church, as we gathered in that Seventh-day Adventist facility on Sunrise in Kirby. For over two decades, I've served as on church staff, first as the part-time youth pastor, and then as the full-time, I stepped more into a full-time, fully-orbed pastoral ministry. And as I look back over our time together as a church, we have a treasure trove of meaningful memories. I think back to my, my youth ministry days, such simple times in all the best ways. These days, to remember the midweek Bible studies Sal and I hosted in our home and the studies at the church, the crazy youth games we'd play, some of which have been banned for good reason. The songs we'd sing and the times in worship, the lessons from Scripture as we talked about how to live Scripture in the everyday. The prayers we prayed, sometimes in silence, sometimes in tears. I remember pool parties. I remember scavenger hunts. I remember holiday-themed costume parties. I still believe Robert should have won for Elf. I remember summer camps and winter retreats and salt retreats, student action leadership team from Sky Mountain to Tahoe, Bear River to Dillon Beach, Clear Lake to Hume Lake. We took time to get away and be intentional about our relationship with God and one another. I remember missions trips. We served in inner city L.A. and again in San Francisco. We went, to, uh, we went to Wind River, Wyoming and New Orleans, Louisiana. One year we decided to stay home and, and spent the entire week of spring break serving, partnering with local ministries. We served at least one location every day, sometimes two, a couple of times three different locations. And one day we allowed the Lord to break our hearts for those in need and to come alongside them in the name of Jesus. Some of you spent time in those youth groups with me. If not you, some of your kids, grandkids. Some of you were leaders with me. You've been on those camps those retreats, those missions trips. You helped with transportation. You led a small group. You taught from your experience. You cooked for us. You shared your life with us, with me. As I look back on those simpler years, there's nothing but deep gratitude to God for each one of you. In 2009, I became your pastor Unexpected, unprepared, 
wanting to meet a need as best I could. Of course, I've been transitioning from youth to college to adult ministry a few years prior, but the move was official in July of 2009. Over 10 years have passed since that time, amazingly. And frankly, they haven't been particularly easy years for our church. We've had to persevere through hardship more than once. At times, it's felt like nothing but hardship, like tunneling through a granite mountain. Leadership hardship. Relation, relational hardship. Financial hardship. More and more. We've seen people come and go, and though the joy of welcoming new families is always so real, it never seems to quite compensate for the pain in seeing familiar faces leave. And I know that. I've looked into your faces, and I've seen your pain. And I've felt it too. I've, I've been with you in those times where we wonder together, is there anyone left? Is there anyone left? But we remain faithful to God, and God's faithfulness to us always came through in ways big and small. So although they haven't been easy years for any of us, I can honestly tell you today, they are treasured ones for me. God has met me. God has matured me. God has developed me, developed my gifts, and hopefully God has used me to further His good purposes in each of our lives as we grew in grace together. Listen, East Parkway, there is no question, I came of age under your guidance, under your patience, under your understanding and love. You've been so kind to me. So patient with me. been so kind and patient with some of my many quirks. Some of you still remember how obsessed I used to be about the chair arrangement in this room, for example. <laughs> how I would literally break out the tape measure to make sure every row, every aisle, every chair was perfectly placed within a quarter of an inch. And you prayed that God would deliver me from that. <laughs> and praise God he has. You've been an inspiration for me. I've been blessed just to observe your lives and even more to learn from them. You've modeled hospitality. You've modeled generosity. You've modeled an evangelistic spirit. You've modeled love for God. You've modeled prayer and faithfulness in the little things. You've sent me to Africa twice. You've prepared meals for my family. You've remodeled rooms in my home. For my kids.
There have been times when you've gifted us with vehicles when we were in need. You provided childcare for my wife and I, sometimes at a moment's notice. You've served us more than you know, certainly more than we deserve. How many times did Sally and I sit in amazement, excuse me, over the fact that we could call, we knew we could call on any one of you at any time and you'd be there. From our very first visit 22 years ago, We knew we'd found a home, a family. And over the years, even our own family grew under your care. You've been there for the birth of each one of our children. And you've walked with each one of them through life. They've never known another church home. Each of you, in some ways, have left an indelible impression upon each of their hearts, whether you realize it or not. Thank you. We have, I have, so much to be thankful for. During my first 10 years, I was a young man in youth ministry, and over the next 10 plus I have been a pastor learning how to pastor. And now as I look back at the time, on the time we've shared and the memories we've made, I understand why Paul was moved by such a deep sense of gratitude, why he began with thanksgiving to God, because, thanks, because remembrance, remembrance produces thankfulness. So with full integrity and sincerity of heart, I echo his words. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Excuse me. Meaningful memories, may, uh, they prompt joyful prayer. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, verse 4, I'm making my prayer with joy. Joy is different than happiness and far more valuable. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is dependent on things going according to expectation. Happiness is about the moment and how you feel in the moment, but joy is much bigger. Joy isn't circumstantial. Joy doesn't depend on things going according to, to plan. Joy allows the past and the future to, in, to inform the present. Joy steps back to see the bigger picture. Joy provides the necessary context. Joy takes what was and what will be to bring meaning to what is. That's why the Bible often speaks of joy and hardship together. It's not one or the other, but both, because each is, 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 is a necessary part of the other, and in fact, each serves the other in meaningful ways. And so though these years haven't always been easy, God has used the hard times to plow pathways of joy into our lives. We know what it's like to, to scrap and claw and overcome and persevere, and there is joy in that. I've stayed true to myself. You've stayed true to yourselves. We've remained true to the church God called us to be. It's not the critic who counts, as Roosevelt so famously said. We know the joy that comes from daring greatly, regardless of triumph or defeat, because true joy isn't dependent on victory or defeat. You hear me? 
And by the way, who are we to determine which is which? True and abiding joy, the kind of which the Bible speaks, is the product of trust in God and obedience to God, whatever the outcome. And the joy I've received along the way is multiplied in my own heart because you've received it too, and I've seen it in your eyes, and I've heard it in your voice over the years. You've received it too. We've been in the arena together. I'm praying for you as you step into your future. I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying for your ability and willingness to adapt because change can be hard and we all need help to hang in there. I'm praying for your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins and misgivings because love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I'm praying for your leaders on every level, the board and staff and ministry leads throughout the church because leadership is a sacred trust and it's hard. Because leaders need grace too. I'm praying for Pastor Leonard because he's been called by God to East Parkway Church at this time in history. And he will need God's wisdom to know how to apply his experience to your context. As you enter a new era, know that always in every prayer of mine, for you all, I am praying with joy in my heart. Always, meaning at all times, in every prayer, meaning every single one, for you all, meaning each and every one of you, all of you, have a place in my heart. Therefore, whenever God brings you to mind, whenever I am prompted to pray for this church, whoever I'm prompted to pray for, I will always pray from a place of joy and deep thankfulness to God because we have been partners in that which matters most, the gospel. Your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, verse 6, is what brings about joyful prayer and thankful remembrance. Partnership in the gospel forges an undeniable bond. Yes? These past 20 years haven't been about me and my ministry. They haven't been about you and your ministry. They've been about us and our participation in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Remember our study in the book of Acts? Remember how that book began? It begins with a reminder that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus was only the beginning of his ministry. Even after his ascension to heaven, he continued his ministry on earth through the church by the power of the Spirit of God. The church is the means by which God is pleased to reach the people of this world and rescue them from the clutches of sin and its consequence of death. We are partners in this ministry this work, this grand rescue mission that God has set in motion. Who but God can number the times we've searched the scriptures together, the moments we've spent in prayer, the songs we've sung in worship, the ways we've sought to reach others with the life-saving message of Jesus and serve them well in His name, from pioneer clubs to Awana programs from Christmas craft boutiques to World Cup soccer viewing events, 
from missions trips and disaster relief teams to refugee relief good neighbor teams, from vacation Bible school to our neighborhood book exchange. We could go on and on and on. And of course, there are, of course, the regular Sunday services and the, and the midweek life and home groups week after week, month after month, year after year, not to mention the many missionaries we've supported, trained, and sent out from among us. This wasn't about me. It was never about me. about us and what Jesus is doing through us takes a village we partner as ministers of the gospel because we have received life in and from the gospel amen we have shared the Christian life together. I have celebrated your faith and you have celebrated mine. I have understood and empathized with your doubts and you have understood and empathized with mine. I've baptized many of you and your loved ones. I've counseled with you. I've prayed with you. I've mourned and cried with you. And I have laughed and rejoiced with you more, far more than I deserve. I've been present at the birth of your children and, and near the bedside when your parents or your spouse or your loved one has passed from this life to the next. I've led funeral services, burial services, memorial services, and celebrations of life. I've officiated your weddings. I've dedicated your children and your grandchildren to the Lord, and in some cases, your great-grandchildren. Amazing. Some of you were students in my youth group years ago, and I've watched you grow up, grow in the Lord, get married, and have children of your own. For years, we have partnered together from the very first day, from the first day until now. We have met milestones together. We have ministered in a myriad of ways, always with the goal of growing in God's love together while extending that same love to a world of people who so desperately need it. These are things I will always remember. I will never forget you or the times we've shared. I will cherish them all even as I cherish all of you. And I am sure of this, as Paul was when writing this letter to the Philippians, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You see, God finishes what he starts. God doesn't waste anything. The work of grace He's begun in your life will be completed in due time. In fact, it will be perfected. You will be made whole. You will be made holy. At present, you are in process. You haven't arrived yet. You and I still have inconsistencies within our character, don't we? But despite this, God hasn't given up on us. God has committed himself to us. He has committed himself to you. There is, store, there is still more he intends to do for you, more he intends to do in you, more he intends to do through you, and God is faithful. But listen, though this promise does apply to each of us individually, and though we tend, when we quote this verse, we tend to think of it as an individual application in terms of individual application. Its primary application is to the church as a whole. 
Though it's true that the good work God begins in you, in each one of you, though it's true that the good work that he begins in you, that's your justification, he will bring, that's your sanctification, to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's your glorification. Though all of that is true, the you here in this verse is plural and therefore refers to the entire congregation. Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, assuring the believers in that place that the work God began in that church will be completed because God is faithful and he finishes what he starts. I don't know what the future holds for East Parkway. Who does? I don't know what this season of transition will look like for you in perfect detail, but I know God is faithful. I don't know what the ministry of East Parkway will entail in one year or in five or 25 years from now, but I know God is faithful. I don't know what the complexion of the congregation will be or the makeup of the leadership team, but I know God is faithful. And because we can look back and we can see just how faithful God has been over the years, we can be sure that he will be just as faithful in the years to come. This church was planted in 1982. God began a work here, a good work, and for 38 years he has been faithful every step of the way. How do you measure the impact of God's faithfulness over time? How can we accurately measure the impact of a gospel ministry upon the thousands of people, literally thousands who have cycled through our congregation over the years? How can you measure the impact we've had on a single life, much less hundreds and thousands? How can you measure the impact of missionaries we've supported and sent and their ministries home and abroad? How can you quantify the impact of a Sunday school lesson taught faithfully? Or a meal served hospitably? Or even just a simple smile that comes from the Holy Spirit in you and brings comfort and joy to just the right person at just the right time. Church. Oh, dear East Parkway, please believe me. The God who began a good work here will complete it. And though a day may come when we are no longer here, or maybe when the building itself is no longer here, whether in 10 or 50 or 100 years from now, the impact you've had on the lives of many will be revealed when Jesus returns. It hasn't been perfect. I know that. There have been missteps along the way. Lord knows I have misstepped more than a few times. And I so, I'm so sorry sincerely for any grief or heartache I caused you or your family. I'm so grateful for your long-suffering and the grace you've extended my direction. Given the circumstances we've faced and the information we're given at the time, we've, we've always, we've always done our best 
to make the most of what we were given by faith in God. It's like the parable of the talents. It doesn't matter how many you're given, whether five or two or one, what matters is that you made the most of what you were given. And as I stand here before you today, as best I can, from a limited, finite human perspective, I believe we've done that to the best of our ability. Again, not perfectly, but enough to know that when Jesus returns to you, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so I'm hopeful for your future, and I believe God intends even more for you. I'm excited to learn and discover what's next because I'm confident in his love and in this work he's begun. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if the church's best years, your best years, remain ahead. Remembrance of what was and prayerfulness and personal application, personal participation in what is builds confidence in what will be. So so look back on all that God has done at East Parkway Church. Pray about all that's happening now in these days. Partner with one another in the ministry of Jesus here. Do the things that build confidence in the Lord because God is faithful. Finally, it is right for me to feel this way about you all, verse 7, because I hold you in my heart, for you are partakers with me of grace. It is right for me to feel this way. Different translations use two different words here. Some use the word think. Others, like the ESV, use the word feel. In the end, there's not much difference between the two because our thoughts and our feelings are so closely related. We typically feel feel what we think, and we think what we feel. So either word works, both are true to the text. But I do prefer the word feel. Because if verse 6 is what Paul knows to be true, that God will complete the work he's begun in you, if verse 6 is what what Paul knows to be true, then verse 7 is how Paul feels feels about this knowledge. In other words, the truth of God's faithfulness gives us, hear this, gives us permission to feel hopeful and excited for the future. The truth of God's faithfulness in the past gives us permission to feel hopeful and excited for the future. Now, I don't know how many of you read or have read any Brene Brown or listened to any of her TED Talks or podcasts, but you know she's very big on, on giving yourself permission to feel. It's this idea of identifying your feelings and giving them a voice so that they don't get the best of us, so we can truly understand what we're feeling. And I think that's what Paul's doing here, too, in a sense. So today, you may be feeling trepidation these days. You may be feeling uncertainty. You may be feeling a lack of control. Maybe you're even feeling despair as God leads the church through this season of change. Feeling these emotions isn't wrong. I want you to know that. Just be sure, though, to filter what you feel through the truth of what you know. 
Allow what you know about God. Allow what you know about His grace and His love. Allow what you know about the initiative He took in beginning this work. Allow what you know about His faithfulness to see this work through to its glorious end. Allow these truths to reach down into your emotional control center so that you can begin to feel anew. I'm feeling this for you. Because I hold you in my heart. Although, like you, God is leading me and my family in a different direction, one that requires a new step of faith on our part as well, I do still care about what becomes of East Parkway because I care about you. But I but I, but I truly believe, I truly believe we must let go of any notion or feeling that depends more on predictable outcomes than on God himself. You must trust the Lord with what lies ahead, even amidst all the uncertainty, even as I now entrust you to his faithful care. Isn't that the point after all? Isn't the point, isn't that what the life of faith is all about? The life of faith is about trusting in the God of all grace. And we have been partakers of his grace together. Like young children, we've learned to share not our toys, but our lives. Lives that have been shaped by grace. Lives that have needed grace. Grace from God and grace from each other. Lives that have extended grace to each other whenever it was needed. Each of you, in, 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 in meaningful and different but equally meaningful ways, each one of you has been a vessel of grace to me and my family. I have observed God's grace in you and I have received God's grace from you. I have, a, I have a file, I have a file on my computer where I have put, where I have saved every single email you've sent to me as a word of encouragement. Every single one, to the best of my knowledge, I have saved every encouraging email email you've sent to me I've, I've, I've sent it to this file and it's there and I'm taking it with me every 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 note every card every letter birthday cards pastor appreciation cards thank you cards I have a basket in my office it's getting bigger all these cards and notes you've, you've sent to me and you shared a word of encouragement with me, I want you to know I've saved them all and I'm taking them with me. Even the short ones, just a sentence or two, just a quick thought to say, Wayne, I love you. I see God in you. Thank you for sharing God with me. call it my Barnabas collection. Barnabas, as you know from Acts, was a man of encouragement. Whenever we see him, he's always looking to build someone up. And in that same way, God has always used you. God has always sent one of you, two of you, three of you, my way, sent you my direction at just the right time to say something that I so needed to hear in that moment. Sharing in God's grace together opens our hearts to one another. So all the cards, all the notes, all the letters, all the emails, all the memories, I'm taking it all with me. 
because I hold you in my heart. And because we are partakers of grace together. East Parkway, may God truly bless each of you and your families. May God bless this church truly. These aren't empty words. May God truly bless this church and every person in it. Every person who's yet to be part of it. As you look to him anew during this time, I pray you would look forward to seeing his handiwork come to fruition. I thank God for this chapter. I trust and pray that I've run, that I've run well this race, at least this leg of it. And I thank you for running it with me. For all the students and their families who embraced me and trusted me as their youth pastor. For all who welcomed me into their lives as pastor. For all the people, young and old and in between, who have graced this fellowship over the years, including each of those, with whom, uh, each of those on the board with whom I was so honored to serve. As well as each staff person with whom I was equally honored. Speaking of staff, I am thankful. I'm thankful for Melinda. Who has served on staff with me the longest, over 12 years. So thankful for your faithfulness in the little things that made such a big difference. So thankful for your willingness to be a sounding board when I needed to talk things through or even just rant. Knowing that I, it was held in full confidence. So thankful for your dedication and your listening ear. You've always been a safe place for me. A trusted friend. Thank you. So thankful for Andre. Who is like a brother to me and not just in the spiritual sense. I've known you since you were in elementary school. I used to be taller than you. <laughs> You've always had a special place in our family. God just did that. And now to see you have a family of your own, and oh, wow, we love Becky and we love Kinsley so much. You bring us more joy than we know. So proud of you, Andre. Just so proud of you. I am here for you always, no matter what. You are a man after God's heart and an extraordinary pastor in the making. And I could go around the room I could literally go around the room and I could speak to each and every one of you individually. So many memories, so many stories. But the memories will have to do for now. 
want you to know. I love you all. I love you with an undying love. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me, so right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For we are, for you are all partakers with me of grace. Amen. Will you pray? God, I want to thank you for this time. Come, please, and minister to us. Thank you for every person here, every person tuning in online. And we're just pleading with you, God, to please bring your truth, your love, your grace, your mercy, your hope your joy, your peace, bring it all and minister to each one of us in exactly the way we need. Thank you for this church and for this bond we share for all eternity. In Christ and for his name's sake, amen.